So please welcome Ben and Brandon to the Fat for Weight Loss show. We will get to it right after this. An important food, a healthy food, and a basic food that can be served in more than a hundred different ways. Hello and welcome to the Fat for Weight Loss Show. My name is Aaron and I am your host for today's episode. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, let me introduce myself. Firstly, I am from Australia, if you hadn't already guessed from the accent, and I run a ketogenic food blog called Fat for Weight Loss, found at fatforweightloss.com.au. And the aim of this podcast is to dig into the world of nutrition, fitness, and everything in between. I'm a nutritional therapist and an advanced sports exercise nutritional advisor. However, I'm not a doctor, so I cannot give you any medical advice. This also applies to any guests involved in this show. Please make sure you consult your doctor before making any changes to your diet or medication. You can find me on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram at Fat for Weight Loss for delicious keto recipes, meal plan videos, and drool-worthy food photography. So let's get right into it. So Ben and Brandon, you guys are from uh, Keto Farms, the founders of Keto Farms, uh, and you're going to be on the Fat for Weight Loss show today. How are you guys doing today? We're doing good. Doing great, Aaron. How are you? Ah, oh, fantastic. You know, I th- it's it's pretty early in the morning for me. Um, I assume that it's probably the afternoon for you guys after a hard day of work, or maybe it's on a Sunday. I'm not sure. It is on a Sunday. I personally, I've been working uh, pretty much all day. Um, we we have an upcoming Amazon launch, so there's a lot going on behind the scenes. But uh, yeah, Brandon, I don't know about you. Yeah, I've been working as well. It is a holiday for us tomorrow, but I think we Ben and I just both forgot about it. We had our heads down working. <laughs> it's kind of how the sort of life goes sometimes. Yeah, no, I totally agree, and I, I think you only realize that those those holidays come up when you have someone who's not in the business say, "Hey, what are you doing tomorrow?" and, I'm, and you go, "I I I was just going to work," but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my my girlfriend uh, just maybe an hour ago said, "Honey, we we can go furniture shopping tomorrow, right?" and I was like, um, <laughs> "Hate to break it to you, but." <laughs> <laughs> keto farms doesn't get Monday off. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Keto farms, unfortunately. <laughs> oh yeah, and and so um, you guys are the founders of Keto Farms. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what Keto Farms is, what you guys do, and um, you know what what the company sort of represents? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this is Brandon here, um, and so Keto Farms really grew out of Ben and I's passion in the uh, on the keto diet and our experiences um, with with health and wellness. And so, what we really had a passion for was this idea of clean eating. Um, both of us spent a lot of time in our kitchen with fresh ingredients, shopping at the farmers market, really trying to create um, really clean and healthy foods, but at the same time, both of us were working, called high-stress jobs, um, working kind of around the clock at our last uh, startup that we met at. And so we started to realize certain aspects of, of the keto diet were unsustainable if you were living you know, in 9 to 5 or you are working late hours and whatnot. So in this busy on-the-go uh, type market, we really found that there were very few products out there that really suited our desire for for clean foods and so that was really the original inspiration was to say okay 
could we bring some products to market that um, were simple, made from clean ingredients, and really fit the way that we were living the keto lifestyle? And particularly last year when we started out, we didn't see a lot, and so that led us down the path. Um, coffee is where we started, and so we, we launched Keto Coffee was our, our first product we brought to market. Um, it's an instant all-in-one product. You just add hot water, and it's made with premium instant coffee. Uh, grass-fed butter, coconut oil, some of the the healthy keto fats your listeners are probably uh, accustomed to. Mm. It quickly led us to keto matcha, very similar, made with um, organic ceremonial matcha tea. Uh, And then recently, um, building on this idea of clean, convenient foods, uh, we really wanted something that was grab-and-go, could be easily consumed, um, where the beverages require preparation, and that was led us to the Keto Snack Mix, which we can certainly talk about in a bit, but that's a essentially a, a trail mix made for people on the ketogenic diet, um, delicious sprouted nuts, low-sugar fruits, um, and savory cheeses. Mm. Uh, it they are delicious, and, and we will totally get to them in a second. Um, but can you sort of tell us how keto farms came about because uh i know when i started my food blog um i you know played it pretty safe i i, I slowly weaned myself off a full-time income to sort of you know go into something uh, into the unknown essentially but what was that process like for you guys well yeah it, that's <laughs> it's funny you ask that because um there's more to the story than we've let on in the past and and i guess uh, we can share um, the standard story, uh, at which point we'll, we'll share uh, the part that hasn't been shared before. And the standard story starts, uh, Brandon and I, as he mentioned, were working at a prior startup together. Uh, he was in finance, I was in marketing, and so we were working really closely on some cross-functional projects. Along that same time, uh, I was also um, experimenting with the keto diet for, let's say, about a year. Uh, it was the beginning of last year. And uh, Brandon and I were um, spending time in the lunchroom around these catered lunches uh, that our prior company would ha- would have in uh, several days a week, uh, but but kind of uh, in the corner eating our sardine salads and our right. coconut curry soups <laughs> and and things like that, trying to stay as far away from the the, the fried chicken sandwiches as possible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, you know, as you can imagine, it 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 led us. To talk a lot about health and wellness and what we're eating and you know why we thought that way and things like that and uh, eventually got Brandon to to jump onto the keto bandwagon. Um, he was loving it, um, and you know it, it was sparking a lot of interesting conversation. Um, and uh, you know around uh, uh, the workplace, um, you know late one evening, uh, we were kind of talking about what our passions, our dreams were. You know what we were thinking about next. You know would we ever want to start our own company? And you know that that one conversation led to more, and we kind of started to create a plan for for getting out of there and becoming self-employed one way or the other. And the typical story that we tell is that we were perfectly inspired to uh, launch Keto Farms, and that was it. And then we just you know we were we were so motivated, and then we just quit our jobs and started working on Keto Farms. But but the story goes a little bit deeper in that. Um, in fact, while we had the ideas for Keto Farms, we also had some ideas uh, to do some consulting work uh, in the e-commerce space, of which pretty quickly we, we had signed some really big uh, consulting contracts. And actually, it's those consulting contracts that we had signed that got us to so quickly uh, submit our re- resignations. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, just like three weeks after we we first had the idea for Keto Farms, and not but three days after we submitted our resignation, we lost our primary consulting engagement. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but the cat was out of the bag, and we'd already given the notice, and so he said, "You know what? We better go all in and figure this out because it's the only thing we got." And you know, looking back at it, you know, three months into the the experience, we said, well, thank God we weren't doing that consulting because <laughs> this is taking so much effort to do right and to do the way that we would want to do it that, you know, if we were doing a bunch of consulting as well, it, it may never have come to life. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a really interesting, um, you know, way to take it as well, because there's always a safe option, you know, and, and I, I, you know, was totally down that route of, you know, making sure that you still had enough money to, you know, do whatever it is that you needed to do. But in actual fact, that you know, the hardest things to create in life often come in those, you know, parts of despair or like on the when you're in rock bottom. And so you find that, you know, you do your best work when you're, um, you know, under pressure. And and uh, and so that's what it was like for me. And it sounds like you guys have created a fantastic product and brand around that. Um, and so. You know, for anyone who doesn't uh, know any more than, you know, just what we've spoken about on Keto Farms, um, basically, you know, it's it's brown packaging with uh, with really well-designed labels on it. Uh, Not even labels. It's just it's on the packaging. And I love that. I love the the packaging and I love the the fact that there's uh, no sweeteners and it's all just like natural products and foods and and there's so many misconceptions about uh you know ah you shouldn't snack you know these are all things that are that are actually contributing to your weight gain and all these different types of things but um you know what are some of the you know what are some of the things that are wrong with the current snacking industry and why was it that you decided to you know um do essentially the exact opposite and put real food into your product yeah absolutely and and that that's a big one i I personally have been a lifelong snacker, so to speak, and, and I know Ben has as well. And so we really love snacking and always made it a part of our, our dietary practice. But it, it's interesting, and when I was first starting out on the ketogenic diet uh, and working with Ben and thinking about keto farms, um, we really wanted to see what, what all was out there and get a really good understanding of all the products and maybe understand where gaps might could be or where we could we could innovate. And so that led us down a path of ordering all sorts of different snacks from Amazon that were branded as keto, um, getting some of the keto boxes delivered to us. And we would try all these things and whether it was a cookie or a brownie or, or whatnot, it just seemed too good to be true. It was like mm. you were having all of this flavor and sensation uh, seemingly with no downside as the macros fit exactly what we knew um, was appropriate for the keto diet and that they were in many cases natural sweeteners not even the artificial sweeteners that have been shown to cause issues to your gut microbiome and whatnot Um, but the interesting thing is after eating those products something just felt off and what we found is we weren't feeling our best and then worse it was like our cravings would get would would start to accelerate like mm. all of a sudden you'd snack a little bit and then you'd snack a little bit more and and then before you know it you're starting to feel like you want to go get a, a tub of ice cream or something right. of sugar. <laughs> and so there was there was something there that said okay I'm, I'm, we're following these macros but 
it's this is not the way that the ketogenic diet should make you feel is around being satiated, uh, nourished, um, controlling your cravings. And that really led us down a path to understand um, any sweetener, even if it is a natural source, uh, can cause issues because when your body senses the, the sweetness and, and the sensation, but it doesn't get the glucose or the carbohydrates that it's expecting, it will respond by making you crave more sweet things. And then that was kind of the aha moment where I said, wait, there's actual science to support this. And so that's that led us down a path of saying, okay, instead of trying to create, you know, if you if you just try and recreate all of the processed food that's out there uh, in a ketogenic way, you're really just going to get keto processed food. Mm. And while that certainly can be better than um, processed food lo- loaded with sugar and um, you know high burning carbohydrates, we thought there there had to be a way to create products that you could snack on that were made from real food. And our theory was if if you snacked on products like that. It would go a much longer way to controlling controlling your appetite, and and sure enough, in our early versions of the snack mix, we would we would snack on it at four o'clock, uh, and then dinner time would come around, and we wouldn't even be hungry. And mm. so, this idea that that snacking is going to make you consume too many calories, I think, is largely dependent really on the type of snacking you're doing. And if, if you're eating real wholesome foods, what we found is that in the end, really had very little um, impact on our overall, you know health goals and uh, it was really just an enjoyable experience because we're lifelong snackers and we'd hate to see a world without snacking (laughs) (laughs) yeah no it's it's great you know and um and i put together a lot of meal plans for people uh you know trying to follow the ketogenic diet and um you know essentially just trying to get started or you know get uh, get a kickstart from a previous version of keto um and i used to get so many questions going okay this is great i've got breakfast lunch and dinner or you know whatever but what can i snack on and i'm like no you don't snack that's 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 not what you do and 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 but for me like i just i never thought about all of the things that you eat outside of breakfast lunch and dinner if that's you know i i'm probably a little bit removed from the current workplace now and so i i do have a kitchen to make whatever I want for at whatever time I can, but for most people that's not possible. And and so you know whether it's going to work and everyone's got you know five cakes on the table because they had a great day yesterday and they you know <laughs> somehow food rewards are the best thing that they can, a company can give you. Um, that is that you know it is good to have those snacks when those types of occurrences happen but it is also as you said like when you have those snacks that are really wholesome and actually filling you up it can also be a meal replacement if you wanted it to and mm-hmm. um you know those snacks aren't going to leave you devoid of 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 um you know either glucose or any type of nutrients really because it's when you have whole foods when you're eating whole foods and you're, you're closest to where the food came from i think it's i think it's just much better and um and so you know the approach uh, from the earth and and that's sort of uh, something that you guys kind of live by um that that idea how did, how was that um process going into putting foods like uh, you know nuts and keto coffee and all those types of things how did you think about that how did how was those um products you know the first ones that you created as opposed to going down the keto bars or um, you know, like keto cookies. Why? Why were the those types of products something important to you guys? Totally, I'll, I'll field that one. Um, Brandon touched on it a little bit before, but we, you know, in the beginning of our uh, approach to the keto diet, uh, 
Um, we, we were paid nice salaries at our prior jobs, and so we, we had a little bit more uh, spending money. And uh, so we'd, we'd, we'd spend more on our food and our ingredients um, every single week. And that led to a lot of trips to the local farmer's markets. And at the farmer's market, you're getting food that was literally just harvested maybe the day before or certainly that, that uh, prior week. Whereas when you're shopping from the grocery store, uh, those foods might have made it through a supply chain from South America or you know, really anywhere across the world and, and taking months to actually arrive uh, in the grocery store, uh, even though they're, they're, you know, their appearance uh, lets us believe they're, they're fresh produce. Right, yeah. <laughs> right? It's kind of crazy. And, you know, through that experience of, of interacting with the farmers at the farmer's markets and eating those fresh ingredients, you know, it was only, you know, if anything, it was supercharging, you know, how we felt and, and the nutritional qualities of the foods that we're eating. And really, it was the aha walking up and down, you know, the aisles of the farmer's market one day is, is you know, would there possibly be a way that we could bring this level of freshness uh, to the end consumer um, mm. through products that we could create? And um, we'll, we'll skip over the beverage products uh, quickly because it's, it's a bit more relevant to the snack products uh, related to the sprouted nuts um, as well as the dried cheeses and the dried low sugar fruits. And I'll, I'll tell the story for him. Um, he typically tells it, but Brandon, through, through a, uh, a prior experience, a past life uh, in investing, um, was kind of privy or, or you know, had networked with a company uh, that had this really interesting technology uh, that was uh, allowing them for the first time ever to take perfectly fresh produce and then, and then basically dry it under a vacuum at very low temperatures, so a very gentle process, and one that basically stabilizes that product without the use of any processing additives uh, or fillers, mm. and and enabling it to retain 99% of the flavor and original nutritional qualities um, uh, of that uh, original piece of fruit, for example. And it was it was the marriage of that aha moment in the farmer's market and Brandon's uh, prior connection uh, from his past life uh, that allowed us to, to network with this company and pretty quickly, you know, ask them to try literally every single ingredient that they've ever put through the process. Uh, they were so kind to send them all to us and, and we binged out on everything from, you know, dried sweet potatoes to cheeses to, you know, the raspberries, tomatoes and, and strawberries that you see in our mixes today. Um, and, and that led to just such a fun and inspirational um, process with, with pairing those ingredients with uh, also something that we're, we've become extremely passionate about, which is sprouted nuts. Um, and sprouted nuts are a little bit different process, um, but for maybe for some listeners out there who aren't familiar, uh, sprouted nuts is basically you take a raw, for example, a raw almond. Uh, I'm sure we've all eaten raw almonds in the past. Uh, they're great, they're nutritious, but at the end of the day, they leave your jaw just <laughs> just in a lot of pain. <laughs> yeah. And they're pretty tasteless, and they end up becoming very, very boring. And so that's that's an airplane snack we hope to never uh, have to <laughs> yeah. carry along and eat again. <laughs> um, and, and so, you know, we had learned about a sprouted nut almost by accident in that you know, we were tasting some one day and it was more of the textural qualities of a sprouted nut that inspired us at first. 
And so what a sprouted nut is basically you soak the nut uh, overnight and then you drain the water and then you dry the nut. And, and what that does is it, it allows the nut to imagine it's starting to germinate. Uh, it's a seed, right? And so it's, it's really starting to open up and begin its uh, sprouting or germination process. And from the textural side of things, what that does is it, it just makes it uh, a little bit lighter, airier, and crispier. So it's much easier to chew. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we didn't know at first, which, we're, which is driving so much of our passion now, is, is what that actually does, it, it, it opens up your ability to digest the nut, most mm-hmm. importantly. And, and in that uh, greater ability to digest, you have a greater ability to access the nutrients and even further than that, what it does is it relaxes the nut's natural defense mechanisms because it thinks it's being planted. So it's it's basically stopped its defense against Mother Nature, you know, squirrels, uh, animals out in the wild. It's ready to become a plant now. And so what that does is it it, it releases uh, or, or it stops producing any of its uh, lectins or anti nutrients. Um, and so, you know, overall, it, it provides you with a much more um, enjoyable eating experience, but also one that's uh, uh, substantially healthier for a variety of reasons. Mm, yeah, and um, it's it's so interesting about the sprouted nuts because uh, there's so many routes down the ketogenic diet where people are trying to optimize different parts of their you know health and things like that, uh, and you know carbohydrates are often the most imperative thing to remove, and that it, you know ultimately on the ketogenic diet carbohydrates are the number one thing to get rid of because then you don't have the insulin spike and that sort of thing, but lectins are um, something else and you know, from consuming a lot of grains to then consuming a lot of almonds and nuts, um, people often get either, you know, nut allergies from that, or they can, you know, just, they're just not feeling that great. And so in this, in the sprouting process, a lot of the lectins are removed, um, which is so much easier to to digest. And as you said, uh, a lot of those anti-nutrients sort of fall away. Um, uh, You know, I'm, I'm just reading the ingredients on the back of the raspberry gouda one which is delicious by the way and it's just you know the ingredients are just gouda cheese um sprouted almonds sprouted walnuts raspberries mct oil and cold water and sea salt and so there's no ingredients that you can't understand what they are on there there's nothing that's like a weird number like even if it's natural flavors 28643 and you're like "Mm, uh, yeah i don't know about that (laughs) um uh you know how how is it that uh it can stay in a package and and be you know uh so fresh I, i think for a lot of people that um especially on the ketogenic diet they're very um they they feel like they've been tricked a lot in the past with other you know maybe quest bars or different types of snacks where they go you know this just they're not they're not great i prefer to build my own um but that's essentially what you guys are doing right you're just taking normal ingredients and building it so that people don't have to right yeah no absolutely and that and that's the idea it almost sounds uh too simple to be true but really it comes down to the technology we're doing, which dehydrates things less, less to uh, less than five percent moisture content, and the beautiful thing about that is it's then going to be shelf stable for up to two years um, because mm. there's very limited water in it. And so the way we looked at this technology is it was truly the bridge between farmers market fresh ingredients 
and a packaged product that we could send to you uh, on Amazon to your doorstep. And there certainly is a lot of negative feelings about packaged and processed food. And a lot of people will go out and say, well, just don't have any packaged food whatsoever. And, and generally that's good advice because so much of the packaged food uh, has been so bad for you. And, and even with some low-carb products or products labeled as healthy, granolas and whatnot, even that's true, or a lot of those are just pretty much all sugar. You'd be amazed how many products you look at that, mm. whether it has probiotics or it's got fiber, it's got all these n- nutritive qualities, but at the end of the day, it's just all sugar. Mm. And what, what we thought is, well, we look at packaged food and there's a good side of that. And, and packaged food, shelf-stable food, now the way we look at it is that's something that we can send to you on Amazon, to your doorstep, have it delivered to you, ultimate convenience, which is going to allow you to try new products, keep things fresh, stay on your diet, hit your goals, um, and really make the lifestyle that much more sustainable. So we're really out to show people that uh, packaged food can, can be beautiful, and it doesn't have to be avoided altogether just because... It's had a bad history in the past. Doesn't mean through innovation you can't do some really cool things that uh, can add a lot to people living this lifestyle. Mm, yeah, no, I totally agree. And um, you know, I, I I agree so much so that uh, by the time this podcast is out, hopefully there will be uh, a new video on YouTube. And so, if you don't follow Fat for Weight Loss on YouTube, um, I generally do meal plans and such, and it's generally just like really easy, simple food. But uh, this one's going to be. Uh, you don't have to cook anything. You don't have to, you, you know, it's it's the easiest thing ever. And it's uh, all whole foods, all ingredients that you can literally pick up from the shops on the way home and, you know, order some keto farms off Amazon uh, or, you know, wherever that is at the time. Uh, and, uh, and I think that, you know, being able to incorporate snacks into a healthy diet uh, often is overlooked. Um, and for, for a lot of people, uh, snacks might be just this, additional thing that uh the you know calories don't matter on keto and and um and i think that that's right to a certain extent where your hormones and everything get in check but but you still need to account for um you know snacks i think and and so i've been able to build a, a a total meal plan that incorporates all of these products into it and man i've been eating it for the past couple of days and i feel great i really do and and there's no like oh, i just i just can't stand the like amount of fiber that that um other products put into their you know so the net carbs are really low but then That's the right. total carbohydrates are really high but the total carbohydrates on this um snack mix a six and the dietary fiber is three so like that fits into your your keto lifestyle and so i'm interested to see sort of how you guys fit these around uh your own lifestyle and you know not everyone counts macros they just want to do it intuitively and i think that's probably the gold standard of of keto is being able to intuitively eat what your body is requiring and and like how do you guys sort of um put that into practice in your own life yeah that's that's uh you know you you hit it spot on that's definitely I think I can speak for both of us how we we approach uh, the diet. We approach it as more of a lifestyle, mm. uh, more of a guiding philosophy to how we eat and how we make meal selections, ingredient selections, and so on. Um, and maybe the easiest way to understand that is kind of a day in the life. And you know, as you might understand, building a business together, Brandon and I are together almost every single day, and so we eat breakfast together every single day. 
Um, but the day starts uh, just prior to breakfast, actually many hours prior to breakfast with, with one of our, our, our keto coffee or keto matcha, depending on how we're feeling that day. That's really how we start the day, start the work day, maybe around 8 a.m., um, an hour or so after, after waking, maybe after a workout. Um, and then that will really get us get us on until uh, right around a normal lunchtime, maybe 11.30 or noon. Uh, and every single day, uh, without fail, we cook almost the identical uh, breakfast, <laughs> which is, uh, I don't know how many people out there do this, but I think ironically, both of us have been such routine-oriented people in, in our past lives uh, that, that we get along really well. But Every single day, we, we have probably three three eggs each, soft scrambled, uh, some sautéed vegetables, some mushrooms, some spinach, kale, chard, for example, uh, a little bit of onion, um, maybe maybe some uh, you know bent neck yellow squash, uh, and then half an avocado uh, and some hot sauce, uh, all cooked in in a good amount of grass fed butter from Kerrygold. And, uh, and, and that's it. And that's, that's our lunch. Um, but it's actually not that much food, right? And, and so by the time we've finished lunch, we haven't even really consumed that many total calories for the day, but, mm-hmm. but we're feeling really good. And, you know, our mental clarity is there. Uh, we're not getting kind of a postprandial crash uh, with that type of uh, meal or eating scenario. Um, and what that does is it allows us uh, then to kind of uh, maybe do some R&D sessions in the afternoon, work on some new products, you know, take some calories there. Um, pretty much every afternoon we also uh, eat a sardine salad, um, but a small salad, just uh, a can of sardines each, uh, a little bit of greens, maybe uh, some small uh, bits of tomato um, and some spices and some oil and some vinegar. Uh, which, which gets us on uh, for a while there as well. Um, and then in terms of uh, you know, how we incorporate the snacks, you know, sometimes you know, we're, we're running from you know, our afternoon working session you know, off to uh, a happy hour, uh, an industry happy hour, or uh, off to meet our, our girlfriend somewhere, or, or you know, so on and so forth. And, and typically how our snacks you know, help us in, in a normal day like that is, is, is really is you know, kind of a, a dinner replacement, kind of a no-brainer. Uh, a couple of handfuls of, of our snack mix, and then dinner doesn't have to become, uh, it, well, it just falls off the mind, right? And so, you know, if we come across, you know, an, an eating scenario later, uh, that's, that's awesome. Uh, and we'll be ready to, to engage and, and join whoever uh, in a social setting that we're eating with. Um, but then again, we probably just won't eat that much uh, at that eating occasion. Um, and then, you know, something that, that, uh, I don't think either of us have mentioned so far is, you know, snacks are so important for traveling, uh, mm. and kind of the airport scenario and particularly the plane scenario, uh, or a road trip scenario as well, where, you know, you, you, you might be coming across gas stations or little outlets in the airport and, you know, while, while grocery stores and Whole Foods and even like a CVS or a Rite Aid are starting to carry, uh, some more low carb products. Uh, for the most part, gas stations or certainly not airports uh, ha- will allow you access uh, to many good products that, that are made from real foods and follow the, the ketogenic mac- macros. Um, and so sort of, you know, beyond all else, th- those are the, the situations where uh, they fit our life the most. Yeah, oh, I feel you so, so much on the gas station scenarios. I um, was a musician for a long time in my 
podcast life and oh, wow. uh we would you know be on the road for three weeks at a time and and you basically just ate at fast food restaurants and gas stations and stuff and, and it was just the worst diet ever um and i think you know if if these products were around then i definitely would have uh been using them as opposed to and, and even like you buy nuts at 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 uh well we call them petrol stations here in australia but you buy nuts and you look at the back and the second ingredient is sugar and you go why yeah. <laughs> why why does it have to be that way and and uh you know i'm currently drinking one of your keto coffees um so i'm probably doing in that sort of same scenario where you just have a keto coffee to start with and then think about lunch and then yeah dinner's not not a huge deal Right. Um, yeah, it's it's so great to sort of see how it fits in into different people's lives, and you know you can make these fit wherever you need to. But um, yeah, traveling is another one as well because um, you know airports are, are, are just as bad, um, and you know you sort of want something to have on the plane, and you, <laughs> the, the the free lunch that you get's like you know sandwiches and and a little fruit salad and right. like a yogurt that's jacked full of sugar, and you know it's just there's just sugar everywhere. Um, yeah, so I think you guys are doing a great job. Uh, and and so, what are some of the common questions uh, you see or often get asked when it comes to um, the ketogenic diet and 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 the and the products that you have and how they sort of fit in? Like, are there some questions that you see that uh, you know people say, uh, I I'm, I'm not sure what what sort of questions people might ask, <laughs> but for me, like a, a lot of it was what snacks can I have on the ketogenic mm. diet, and I was like, oh, I don't, I don't know. I just put together a list of stuff that that is suitable, but it's not really like uh, transportable. So, are there any common questions that you guys get when it comes to the ketogenic diet? Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, Brandon here, and this is one that actually it was a big one leading up as we were designing the snack mixes and particularly we were looking at the ingredients we had the cheese the nuts and say okay what's going to go great with that and uh, inspired by a cheese board or charcuterie of course there's always Mm. some kind of fruit on there and depending on what you're you're reading i've read some things that say fruit is absolutely not allowed on a ketogenic diet and then here we are looking at putting fruit in our products and launching them out. And so as you can imagine, <laughs> there's people that reach out and say, whoa, fruit. I, I thought I couldn't have fruit mm-hmm. on, a, on a keto diet. And we got enough questions like that and got interested enough in ourselves. We actually put out a blog post um, on our blog addressing this idea of can you have fruit on a keto diet? And I was actually amazed to learn the massive difference in sugar levels between different fruits uh, mm. that don't even always line up to how sweet you perceive a fruit. If, if you look at something like a mango, uh, it has more sugar than you can imagine, something like fif- over 50 grams of sugar in a single serving. But then you look at something like a strawberry, uh, which I always thought about as just this beautiful, sweet summer flavor, uh, like the sweetest, most decadent thing you can imagine. Um, and that only has a couple grams of sugar. Uh, per serving, and so as we started to look into some of the the fruits that actually do work on a ketogenic diet, and you get things like strawberries, raspberries, blackberries, um, even even blueberries. Uh, I'm sure you're familiar with uh, Dr. Dominic Diagostino. It's one of the yeah. one of the leader leading thinkers and, and researchers in the in the keto space. And uh, he he posted something on Instagram recently that was a picture of a giant bag of blueberries and said, "I eat." Uh, a whole serving of blueberries every single night before bed 
and I remember thinking, well, if Dom's doing that, it's got to be good for me. And, and, and the reality is with, with, with fruit, A, they have a lot of fiber um, and so lower sugar content that can fit in your macros. And, but more importantly, they really can help address a lot of um, electrolyte imbalances and, and nutrient deficiencies that can happen on the keto diet, uh, specifically things like vitamin C. Um, that's a really tough one to get. You know, as people are talking about, say the, the carnivore diet, or if you're mm. doing a more meat-based approach to the keto diet, which which we don't do per se ourselves, but vitamin C can be a tough one to get. Um, and in addition to that, a whole wealth of antioxidants and a lot of the things that both all the longevity studies and blue zones are showing that can really help you live a long life. Um, a lot of those are contained pretty uniquely in things like blueberries, um, raspberries a lot of these keto approved berries so to speak so the the fruit on keto is one that we we get questions a lot but fortunately we've seen that at the end of the day we go by how we feel and there's certainly been days we've eaten entire bags multiple bags of of our snack mix and uh, left feeling great and left feeling Mm -hmm. that we can go out and and really help show people that yeah fruit can be part of a a well-done keto lifestyle and so that's one we get a lot yeah you know, as you can imagine, I think the most common question is where do I begin? You know, people mm-hmm. uh, just kind of seeking uh, a comprehensive resource or a guide and, and definitely, you know, we're sure you have one, we have one, pretty much everyone has one. Um, but when when people do reach out uh, and ask maybe, you know, in the format of a, a direct message on Instagram, for example, it's more of a, a conversation and less less of them searching on the internet and then finding their way to a resource, mm. or, or or even you know people uh, in in the world, uh, friends and family, uh, people we interact with while we're out and about, you know, asking you know how to begin on the keto diet, and something that that we always recommend is is just start start with the beginning meals of the day, start with breakfast, start with lunch. Uh, it, it's really easy to once you set yourself on a path for the day, uh, kind of maintain control uh, over what you're eating and, and how you're craving and so on and so forth. Uh, if you eat a sugary donut for the first you know uh, first calories of the day, uh, you'd be hard pressed not to just go on a car bench uh, every mm-hmm. other meal thereafter. You know, a sandwich at lunch and pasta at dinner because it's just it's it's what you're training uh, you know your 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 gut to look for uh, throughout the course of the day. And so our recommendation is always to, to start with the first meal of the day or in a way start by not eating, start by just having a nutritious uh, ketogenic uh, coffee or matcha uh, of which you know our products fit perfectly for of course. Um, and then you know the breakfast could, could not be a better meal for keto uh, being so egg centric. You know, as long as you remove the bread, pretty much every breakfast meal, uh, I guess, you know, uh, excluding the the fruit cups and the the yogurts and pancakes and acai bowls, and actually maybe there's maybe there's more non keto breakfast options than yeah, keto there's ones. Sugar but, everywhere. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we've been addicted to eggs our entire life, so you know, eggs and avocado, and you know, heck, bacon. You know, rip a couple strips of bacon, and uh, that that's a beautiful keto way to start the day. And you know, once you set yourself on that path, you might just. You might just decide you're feeling so good you don't want to stop and um you know of, of any advice i think that's that's the best advice is you know how to start how to begin just go mm-hmm. go one meal at a time see how you feel and and get your own courage and motivation that way 
Yeah, I totally agree. And there's, you know, a, an image comes to mind where um, there's a there's a girl who's playing with the hose, you know, in the backyard, hose is on full bore, and she's pointing it straight at her face, and she's got her mouth open trying to get all the water in it at the same time, and, and it just doesn't work, you know? like. And I feel like sometimes that's the case with the ketogenic diet for people. They, they go on the internet and they research and they want to do every health optimization possible. Um, but in fact, you know, the people who sustain it or make it, turn it into a life lifestyle are trying to keep it simple um and finding that lead domino as you said breakfast if you're starting your day off right then you can you know pretty easily get everything else lined up um yeah so that that is really great advice and and, and a little bit um, prior to what we we're talking about with the berries um you know those types of berries are the the lowest amount of sugar possible um almost yeah in in, in any food and, and especially strawberries um they're like one of the lowest sugar fruits ever so that's fantastic um and you know i think we i'm <laughs> i've got a few questions about eggs so we'll get to those um <laughs> right now i guess <laughs> at the end of the podcast i like to talk <laughs> about a few quick questions um you know they're not always quick it's more procedural um but you know as you said for lunch it's usually like some kind of egg uh you know thing and um some people are really particular with how they make the eggs or they're trying new techniques and i know that different chefs have different techniques and uh you know different ways of cooking and do you guys have a particular way of of um cooking eggs is there some type of method to it that you've refined over you know the however many times you've eaten that that same lunch oh this is a great question aaron and yes the answer is yes there's a very exacting (laughs) method that we we have, and I'll, I'll describe it briefly. Uh, so the, the famous <laughs> chef, Gordon Ramsay, when, when yeah, he, has, yeah, yeah. he has other cooks, chefs come in and audition at one of his restaurants. Um, the audition is always, make me scrambled eggs. Mm. And I'm sure they just kind of get put off, off guard a little bit. How could something so simple stand up to one of the greatest chefs in the world? Uh, but the reality is, is almost everybody fails it because scrambled eggs, at least in his mind, are very difficult to do right. Mm. And so he proposed his method and I watched the video on YouTube and um, really started to, to learn it. And so the, the way that it works is you take a pan, uh, no heat, room temperature and you crack your eggs directly into the pan Uh, and then you take a couple slabs of butter uh, hopefully grass-fed butter our favorite is Kerrygold and immediately turn the the heat onto high and what that does is it it allows the eggs to come up to temperature gradually instead of just if you throw them into a hot pan they're going to cook too fast Mm. and so you scramble it as it's coming up to heat but then as it starts to firm up a little bit you take it off the heat and continue to constantly stirring it and you rotate on and off for in 15 second increments uh, and what that does is it allows the eggs right as they're about to get too much heat breathe a little bit and then they come back on so you're cooking it fast but in a way that's still gentle enough to keep a lot of the moisture and keep them from drying out uh, and then the butter melts down into it and we don't always do this but uh, Gordon Ramsay is so particular about the eggs that he'll take them off right before they're done but to stop them from cooking too far he'll actually put some some fresh cream or some sour cream in it what actually cool them off a little bit and uh it's it's truly amazing once you you perfect the method how different i mean you can create restaurant style 
soft scrambles, but then it kind of ruins it because if anyone else makes the eggs, it just doesn't, doesn't stand <laughs> out. <laughs> We've become, uh, uh, yeah, very particular about the way we make eggs. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And, um, you know, uh, I feel like that's a very French way of, of doing mm, yeah. um, scrambled eggs because he's French trained, I think. Um, and and then Jamie Oliver has his own thing, and then they have wars against which ones are better, and blah blah blah. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, and yeah, I think eggs are eggs are one thing where you can really you, you can do them well, and you can do them terribly. And so if you if you want to, I'll I'll, I'll link that um, in the show notes if anyone wants to watch that video on how to make great scrambled eggs. Uh, then I can do that. But uh, you know, the, that aside. Are there any keto foods that you just can't do without? Is there something that uh, you mentioned, um, you know, you, you have avocado as well, but is there anything that, that someone might be able to add to their diet that they they feel like um, or that you feel like adds a lot of benefit? Uh, I'll go with mine and, and uh, I don't have it all the time, but kind of on special occasions, we'll make a keto pizza uh, with, with the fathead dough style. Uh, which is basically uh, low moisture mozzarella, um, cream cheese, and almond flour, uh, and and we found uh, kind of when you are seeking some of those more social eating occasions or or kind of having those carb cravings, uh, but you want to stick to your keto macros and stay feeling great, uh, a well executed keto pizza. Closing your eyes, you really just trick yourself, and and <laughs> in a weird way, it's almost better than real pizza is. <laughs> Uh, cer- certainly like that can be argued right but uh, in, in a weird way it's better it's kind of more decadent uh, but it leaves you feeling better so those things balancing out you know sometimes I'm eating it and I, and I actually do think it is better uh, than normal pizza and, and also maybe for the fact that I've never really cooked normal pizza from scratch in my home before uh, and so the fact that you can make a fathead dough and a keto pizza in just a matter of maybe 25 minutes total in your home kitchen uh, mm-hmm. and have a very close to, if not superior pizza experience uh, has blown my mind through this, <laughs> through this lifestyle. <laughs> yeah, not many people make pizza from home. And, you know, I think the ketogenic diet is probably the only people who do. <laughs> right. Um, and so it. on the on the flip side of that question, are there any foods that you dislike that someone else might like? You know, for some people, they really don't like avocados. I, I don't I don't talk to those people. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> is there any is there anything like that that you guys have found that you're just not a big fan of? Yeah, it's Brandon here. I I would have to say, uh, and it's it's not a particular like ingredient or um, like an avocado, but. The least favorite for me is anything that's that's heavily sweetened uh, keto food. It could be a packaged food that you, you get off Amazon or the store, or it could be a recipe that has a lot of erythritol, monk fruit, or stevia in it. And uh, while those are absolutely delicious, um, what I found is there's really nothing that can get me to kind of fall off the, the rails, so to speak, than those foods, and usually leaves me not feeling so good. And... Uh, has me craving more and more products like that. So those are ones that I really try and avoid, particularly during the week, because I found that I just can't have them on a consistent basis. And I always feel my best if I'm just eating simple from the earth foods, but anything with like a lot of, a lot of sugar, uh, it's almost the point where you, you get, you can trick yourself in saying, well, okay, this tastes delicious. It fits my macros. I can have it. 
I can have it every day if I wanted to. It's mm. it's a free lunch, so to speak. Where it'd almost be better for me to eat an actual pint of ice cream, say, because you you know it's bad. You you know you're cheating, so to speak. But once you're done, you're you're done. Easy to get back on track versus having something day in day out that you think is healthy but really isn't leaving you feel the best. So that's what I would go with. Yeah, I I I agree. Like I think. Um, and you know, that's coming from me. Who's just done a desserts book. <laughs> um, I, I, I think that, uh, you know, very uh, certain people are very sensitive to sugar alcohols or are very sensitive to that sweet taste. Um, and I find oftentimes that those keto sweets are best when you need to take something to someone's house mm. and, and say, look, look at how great keto is, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but oftentimes not, not the most applicable for everyday life. And so um, a lot of people might make uh, some chocolate chip cookies and they, they give them to their friends and they go, oh, they taste normal. And yeah, it's, it's right. They do taste normal. They've got heaps of erythritol in them. Um, and, <laughs> and, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't think that, uh, desserts always have, a, a super big part in, in everyone's life. But I do, I do think that for some people, it's a bit of a transition food too. Um, yeah. You know, and, uh, yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, and, and so, I, I was looking at a picture of you guys because you got you sent me through a bio link and and uh, you know you guys are pretty fit like you got you, you looking like pretty fit guys and so <laughs> I want to know <laughs> what what do you, what sort of exercise do you do what's is it do you incorporate that into your sort of lifestyle or is that mainly to do with you know the healthy food that you're eating day in day out. Well, I'll, I'll start. Uh, I think it's it's fair to, to hear both our sides of how we approach uh, fitness. Um, mine, you know, I, I did have a past of, of extreme exercise, uh, kind of exercise addiction in a way. I was big in the boxing gym, a lot of circuit training. I played a lot of basketball, a lot of full mm. court basketball multiple times a week. Um, at the end of the day, it, it really wreaked havoc on my body, um, so much so that I had to a decently bad lower back injury um, that lasted about a year in recovery, and and even since then I I have kind of been slow um, slow to take back to kind of a normal exercise routine. Um, so not 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 saying that's that's bad, but that's just kind of uh, you know my experience as of late. Mm-hmm. And so really what I do is, you know, some casual hiking uh, with friends or my girlfriend on the weekends. Uh, and really beyond that, it's just surfing. So really the only thing that I do uh, personally for a regular exercise is surfing. Um, and it's, it's awesome because uh, Brandon and I get to do that together. So we surf together a lot. Um, and then I'll just, hand, you know, hand it over to Brandon to tell you about, you know, his, his better than I uh, workout routine. <laughs> yeah, I, um, so I've, I've been a, a sort of a fitness nut, so to speak, for a while now, and used to be obsessed with trying to put on muscle muscle mass. I used to carry around bags of chicken and rice with me when I was at university, <laughs> be in the library at three in the morning, just eating chicken and rice, trying to yeah. get as many calories as I could to, to gain weight and, and lifting five times a week. And that was, that was great. It was a fun pursuit, uh, really got me in tune with my body, but in no way was that sustainable and they're kind of like ban injury after injury you know first the knee then the shoulder and over time i found myself still wanting to have that urge of doing some form of exercise almost every day 
uh, I know that I just feel my best and I'm the most productive if I can begin the day with some kind of exercise. Mm-hmm. But what I learned is that doesn't have to be extreme weightlifting in the gym every single day. And so over time, I've gotten a lot more into uh, yoga and surfing, as has been mentioned. And now my perfect week would be two days of yoga, two days of surfing, and then two days of heavy lifting in the gym, uh, compound exercises like squats and deadlifts. And that's a really good balance for my body. But the bigger thing that I've focused on with, with my workout routine uh, as of late is, is on mental health, mental focus, things that make mm. me feel better mentally and sort of letting the, the physical side of it just be a, almost like an afterthought. Um, you know, the entrepreneurial journey is so stressful that I found a lot more joy in, in things like yoga that really focus me or surfing where you, you're getting out outdoors, you're getting the vitamin D, you're getting out in nature versus going to a, a cardio spin class where you're just mm. sort of putting your body on overload to try and um, tread down or, or whatnot. And so that's been a big focus. And so the, the physical side, I feel like I've already already been there, done that. And, and the mental has been a great way to, to find a new whole new side of exercise that I hadn't really thought about because, you know, at the end of the day, exercise is one of the most powerful brain boosting activities there is um, alongside your diet. And that's been a lot more focused my day these days. Yeah, I love it. Um, and yeah, for me, like I was... Uh, I was cycling five, six days a week, you know, trying to <laughs> trying to get as fast and as you know go as far as possible. And and uh, at the end of the day, like you just burn out. Um, mm. And you can you, there's only so much of that intense exercise that your body can really do. And it, if your goal at the end of the day is just to feel great and to look great, then there's way better ways to do that um and yeah it's funny you guys say surfing like i live in australia here i don't live close to the beach but i would love to surf every day that would be something that i'd love to do (laughs) but you know the upper body strength by no means is surfing uh uh, you know something that is for (laughs) the people with weak upper bodies you know (laughs) and uh you know paddling out past a break and getting those big waves it's such a joy but yeah by the time you have to paddle back out it's it's pretty pretty intense right (laughs) yeah it takes it out of you yeah when 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 you you go through stretches maybe where where uh, mother nature isn't producing a lot of waves or you know that in common with being really busy and you haven't surfed for a while and you go back out and you, you honestly can't believe how hard it is <laughs> and, <Yeah. laughs> uh, you know luckily three or three three sessions in after that it's you're kind of you know that that uh, that muscle memory is coming back and it's you know goes goes into the rear view mirror but uh but yeah it's it is it is quite uh quite an exercise routine in and of itself and is it long boards or short boards uh we're we're more short board guys these days yeah yeah, we uh, I I live uh, we sometimes go to Byron Bay and it's just all longboards there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Which the is it's Byron's so beautiful fun. though, isn't it? Yeah, uh, oh, yeah, so definitely. It's where yeah. people go to hang out. Um, and so, you know, outside of exercise and food, um, I really like hearing what people's uh, interests are outside of that. And so, do you, do you have any books or podcasts that you've listened to recently that have, um, you know, maybe changed the way you think on a particular topic or recently inspired you? Yeah, absolutely. Brandon here. And this does kind of build on what we were talking about earlier with the sprouted knots and the lectins. But a book that's really influenced me recently that I read is The Plant Paradox. Yeah. Um, by by Dr. Stephen Gundry, and this is one that a lot of people in the health community are probably familiar with. Uh, very 
provocative, controversial, uh, but very fascinating and built on this idea of if you think about animals and their defense mechanisms in the wild, they've got fangs and teeth and they can run and all that is to prevent other animals from eating them so they can continue on, you know, have offspring and propagate their genes so on. Uh, but no one thinks like that with plants and you might be led to assume that plants just sit there and wait around for an insect or an animal to come eat them. But uh, in evolution, that's not how it works and plants have actually devised a whole complex um, defense mechanism really through chemicals and, and poisons almost where an insect can eat a plant and the, the compounds in that could kill the insect and prevent it from eating it in the future. And so the idea is, well, these chemicals, which he identifies as lectins, um, they're essentially proteins that behave in a certain way in your body. Well, those might kill an insect. You as a human, you're much larger. They don't kill you, but they do uh, exhibit an inflammatory response. And these are a lot of the things of, of the grains and legumes. And fortunately, a lot of the things that the ketogenic diet uh, gets out of the diet and maybe a big way why people feel so good. But the fascinating side is it's called the plant paradox because while the plants have these defense mechanisms that can make you sick from eating them, they also do have a whole host of nutrients and antioxidants that we need to be healthy. So how do you find the right, the right plants to eat? How do you prepare them in the right way? And I just found it fascinating uh, that it's, it's not even, I mean, people can understand uh, that wheat is bad, but understanding why it can be bad and some of the lectins in wheat can actually stimulate the same response that insulin does in your body and can, mm. can cause you to want to eat more because it's, it's essentially mimicking uh, the insulin hormone, I thought was really fascinating in a way that why maybe that's why wheat makes people gain so much weight um, or even things like like nuts um, or eating fruit before it's ripe. Um, if, you know, the fruit wants basically once it's ripe, that's when the lectin content is the lowest. But the way that we grow fruit now, it's kind of like we're living in a 365 day uh, mm. summer. <laughs> We're constantly eating calories to prepare for a winter that never comes. And so it was really fascinating to think how far away from the way that our bodies were designed we're, we're living in now. And uh, it's something that, at least when you bring it back to keto farms and what we're working on, uh, the sprouted nuts is maybe the most relevant, uh, where the sprouting process is a way that we can sort of fight back against these natural defense systems. And um, and people, people talk a lot about, when they talk about ancestral um, wisdom when it comes to food you think a lot about um, maybe a picture of a, of a caveman eating eating something something more like a, a primal diet so to speak but there's a whole bunch of ancestral wisdom just from plants and vegetables that have been built up over thousands of years and, and sprouting is really an ancient art that the Chinese learned 5,000 years ago as a way to render the food more digestible and uh, this book was just fascinating to to remind us that maybe we've forgotten a lot of that and a lot of the foods that we have in our diet today, there can be huge differences based on the preparation technique or, or the type of food that you're eating. Mm. And so that's one we've, we've been talking about a lot and how it plays into longevity and some things that could, could become big health trends over the, over the next few years, we think. Oh yeah. Watch out for lectins. They're going to be the next, it's going to be the next thing, you know, yeah. especially because the ketogenic diet's so prevalent on, um, yeah, almonds in particular, you mm. know, almond milk, uh, you know, raw almonds, these, these things, uh, just may not be making people feel that great. And, um, and so Ben, did you have anything to add to that or is, 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's funny. I um, my reading practice uh, hasn't been so good lately, and also my my podcast practice hasn't been great either. Um, in fact, you know, Brandon and I both used to commute almost almost an hour each way to our prior job that we shared um, separately. And, and it's terrible, but when you're doing that much commuting, uh, it does actually give you some time to, uh, you know, two hours a day to listen to a book on tape or, or really mm. intently listen to podcasts. And when you're working from your home, I'm sure you can understand it's, it's very, very tempting to just get into the work uh, mm. immediately yeah. upon rising. <laughs> um, so I find myself doing that a lot, um, which has its own consequences. Um, but but a book that I have reread recently um, and read about once a year um, is a book called The War of Art. Have you heard of it, oh, yeah. Aaron? Yeah, I um, I it's by uh, Tzu Sun. Is that right? Well, no. It's a, it's commonly uh, confused with the Art of War, ah, uh, which is yep. more related to ancient battle tactics and how they can be brought into to present day life. This is uh, playing off of the same uh, vernacular, but it's the war of art right. and primarily related to overcoming something that the author calls as resistance, kind of resistance to start, uh, resistance to, to try doing some great pursuit or trying to do some small pursuit just because of you know the fear of failure or the fear of uh, not producing a good work or uh, really just kind of, you know, uh, looking for the, the path of least resistance or, or the law of least effort. Uh, mm. And so it's all about overcoming what he calls his resistance. And basically, you know, every single day, uh, if you're a writer, you just write. You set aside an hour and a half to write every single day. And no matter what comes of that writing practice, uh, you've done your work for the day. And mm. then you can go on about your life. Um, and as long as you're you're following that that same ideal on a day-to-day basis, eventually the great works will come. Eventually the the fantastic art will come, whatever you call your art. Um, and I and I find you know I found myself in the past to be quite a procrastinator, um, such that you know when I was in high school or college and in cramming for exams, you know I, I really I actually found pleasure in procrastination because I could really do nothing until maybe a day or two before, uh, cram uh, under this intense, intense pressure and get it all done and get great grades. And it, it kind of reinforced this cycle to say procrastination is okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as you know, and many people listening to this know, you know, when, when you actually have to perform uh, on a day-to-day basis at a job or, or you know, in our example now, uh, build something from scratch, something that doesn't exist before, it's not something that you can rush or something that you can leave to the last minute. And so um, for something you care about, something you're passionate about, it is important to, to understand the, the routines and practices and the mindsets that are going to help you do your best work. And uh, this is a book that, that really helps me uh, steer in that direction. Mm, yeah, I, <clears throat> I totally feel you on the, the whole commute and you feel like you've lost that part of your life where you used to listen to podcasts and audiobooks and whatever. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, the so The War of Art and The Plant Paradox, yeah, both of those books are definitely on my next to read list. And I, I just love reading books that I get suggested to from these podcasts because oftentimes they're the, they're the most important things to do is to go away and, and change your mind a little bit and come back and just apply it. Um, and you know, 
you know, outside of podcasts and things where you have to actually like pay attention to when you're listening, um, I was a musician for a while, uh, for a long time. And, um, and so I really love hearing what people, uh, listen to, whether that's, um, you know, just a playlist or a particular musician or someone you always go back to. Uh, I always find that I'm like listening to Rage Against the Machine whilst, <laughs> whilst <laughs> creating recipes. So I don't know. That's just a particular thing. But do you, do you guys have any musicians you follow or any playlists or anything that you listen to? Yeah, it's it's funny. Uh, I, I personally like um, you know a lot of the newer music or electronic music. I've done a little bit of uh, DJing. Uh, made some mixes, put it out on SoundCloud, and certainly into all that music. But what we've been listening to recently is old, old music. And so really two things have been playing at the Keto Farms headquarters. Uh, <laughs> it's been the Beatles, and it's been the yep. Beach Boys. Yep. And uh, I personally have been, I've been fascinated in, in the Beatles. Just It's amazing to think of four people or one group that was ever as famous or as influential as the Beatles were. And I was recently watching a documentary and just kind of drawing a lot of interest in just how that story came to be and uh, how much amazing music they they made and kind of reconnecting with uh, music from our parents' generation. Um, The Beach Boys, I cannot tell you how we started listening to that, but it's been a great backdrop for all the the hard, stressful work (laughs) we have to do. And it really keeps keeps the vibes high and keeps us going. So that's that's our, our current anthem. (laughs) <laughs> that's just, awesome yeah so, sorry so sometimes we're just you know something goes wrong or we're, we're having a really bad day a really bad afternoon and you know we just we're like man we got to take a deep breath and decompress let's throw on the beatles <laughs> and it always need helps some, need some good vibrations happening <laughs> that's right <laughs> yeah no i totally agree yeah and and oftentimes you uh, you see covers of beatles songs and it's amazing how there are so many people who can cover the beatles but it will never be the same as the original and it's i don't think there's an artist out there quite like them um who who were able to revolutionize music as much as they did at the time and then no one can like really you know top it on any sort of cover or collaboration or anything so yeah it's it's fantastic um and we've got all the like beatles sheet music and my Mm. my fiance she's obsessed she's got the little like beetle um figurines and just yeah we've got it everywhere so (laughs) i totally get you yeah Um, and so you know to wrap up the podcast for anyone out there who's who's looking to um maybe you know achieve similar results not so much in uh, building a company but but being able to create a lifestyle out of the ketogenic diet um what would be the 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 lead domino to for them to achieve the same results and and uh and where can where can people fit you know your your products into their their lifestyle yeah i think the the biggest thing is just thinking about it one meal at a time is something that we found very, uh, very effective. Um, it's a very easy thing to say, okay, this meal tonight uh, is going to be a ketogenic meal, and whether I'm making it at home or I'm going out to eat, and and just seeing seeing how you feel. And from what we found is that simple decision, uh, with the feedback that y- you feel a lot better, your cravings are lower. Uh, that really can be enough to then go on to the second meal and the third meal and the fourth meal and so thinking about it less like 
like a diet that I'm going to go on and be all in for the next six weeks and have radical changes to my life. Um, thinking about it one meal at a time and recognizing that in many cases, uh, healthy nourishing fats is going to make you feel way better than the processed carbohydrates that we, we have access to. And, um, and certainly we think obviously that our, our products can help with that. Um, it's not always convenient to, to make a ketogenic meal. You know, if you look at a lot of the, um, cookbooks and diet plans out there they can they can be a little overwhelming um mm. each recipe mm. has 30 different ingredients and so having something that prepares in seconds so you can just open the bag and know that it's going to um make you feel good and keep you on track we found to be something that can really help as you're starting to understand the diet better understand your favorite recipes and really uh get into get into the lifestyle where it's it's you're sort of on, on autopilot uh, mm. So those are a few things that we found helpful for us and hope, hope that others can find the same. Um, yeah, definitely. I think that, you know, for anyone looking to start um, and, you know, transition from, you know, the, the, the prepackaged unhealthy snacks, then these are a fantastic option to to replace those with. And, and yeah, I mean, like this has been a great podcast, guys. I, I really appreciate having you guys on. Where can people find you? Where can people follow you? Where can people get in contact with you? And and uh, and I believe they might, they might be able to also win a free gift box. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, you nailed it. So uh, ketofarms.com is our website. Uh, when you go there for the first time, you might come across a little pop-up and if you provide your email address, uh, of which we, we won't spam you, we promise, uh, it, it allows you to enter into a giveaway. And, and we, we award a giveaway every single day. So we send out a couple of our snack packs to a new winner every single day from that giveaway. Um, and so if you come check out our site, you'll have the opportunity to be entered. And yeah, again, that's ketofarms.com. And then it's ketofarms, K-E-T-O-F-A-R-M-S on any of the social platforms. Instagram is where we're most active, so you can follow us on there. Uh, DM us uh, for a conversation or any questions that you might have. Uh, we can share links and so on and so forth. Uh, and then Facebook and Pinterest and Twitter even sometimes will randomly post things uh, or even LinkedIn. Um, it's a crazy world out there on the internet these days and we're doing our best to, uh, to cover all the bases and stay in contact. <laughs> I love it. And if you're you're listening to the podcast right now, go on and follow the link to their Instagram. Just send them a quick DM and say love the podcast. Uh, it, you know, great to hear from you guys, and um, you know, wish you all the best. And and so I wanted to thank you personally, and I hope everyone on the podcast has has had a, a, a great time listening to it. But I just want to say thank you for taking out taking out the time, and you know. Uh, taking a little bit a little portion of your lifestyle and, and showing it to us and and uh, yeah I think it's it's just been a great listen there's so many gems in here it, even if you love scrambled eggs and that you found one thing that is going to make your scrambled eggs better I think this is this is the podcast that's right and thank you Aaron so much and you know we, we'd actually be remiss not to uh, to share with the audience two things uh, we, we left out and where they, where they can find us Obviously, they can find us on our website, and um, we forgot to mention that there is a wonderful promo code, Fat for Weight Loss, uh, where they can get 10% off their first order uh, of any quantity or size. And then, as we had kind of teased or mentioned throughout this podcast, um, we are going live on Amazon as we speak, and so there's certain of you out there that, that only like to shop on Amazon, and in a way, we're, we're like you. And uh, so... 
we, we got our, our products up on Amazon and you'll be able to find us there uh, for sure by the time this podcast publishes. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, yeah, and thanks for leaving the, the discount code. That's that's amazing. Uh, any Absolutely. any discount on, on Whole Foods is, is just going to be great. And yeah, Amazon. Amazon quite hasn't really hasn't hit Australia yet. We're still like in the mind of eBay. So <laughs> Yeah, it's coming. But, It'll come. <laughs> it's coming. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so that's fantastic, guys. So yeah, for anyone who's looking, Keto Farms available at Amazon and on their website and pretty much every single social media. Again, thanks, guys, for being on the podcast. Podcast and I hope to speak to you soon. Thank you so much, Aaron. Thank you, Aaron. It's been a pleasure. This is awesome. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved this podcast, make sure you hit subscribe to be notified next week when the podcast arrives. If you could do one small act of kindness for today, I would greatly appreciate a review from you. It's really easy and it allows me to keep making podcasts just like this one every week just for you. Head on over to fatforweightloss.com.au forward slash podcasts for the latest updates and all the show notes. Until next week.